Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, my talkers, Wednesday, November 16th. The cold weather has come in for tomorrow for sure, but you know what? I've got a nice way to turn that around for you. Lori and Julia are back in studio together. We've got the full crew in-house. We should have some fun today. Is it a mirage that we're all together? Yes. (laughs) Is it a mirage that I was on a beach a week ago? And I remember thinking last Wednesday, damn, this has gone by way too fast. Yeah, tomorrow high of 17. And oh. Saturday, high of 18. That's yeah. all right. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's beautiful fall. No, it was so great. No, we did, still, yes. Yeah, I'll no. tell you what, Casey and I, we and his daughter and his son-in-law, we were very sad adults on Sunday. We're like, well, I'm sure. Because it's just like you're like. Not everybody gets to go to Mexico like right, that. Right, but when you do go, it's a letdown because you realize, damn it, I'm not somebody who's just on vacation all the time. So <laughs> what did I do? Got the laundry going, went to the grocery store. I tell you, that's how you just have to slap your back. Come right in and just start. Right into Cinderella. There you go. <laughs> Casey's like, where are you going? It's 8.30 on Sunday morning. And I just look at him. The one thing that cheers me up from vacation, restocking the refrigerator, a pleasant stroll around Kowalski's before, you know, at 8, no one's there on Sunday morning. That's when you got to go. Because if you go at like 9, 30, 10, 10, 11, it is just anyway. everybody's shopping before football. And you're sick and you oh. the book report. Oh, One of the books that I read, like this, I think I read it on the plane on the way down. She's on today, uh, Dinah Jeffries, The Hidden Palace, about... Uh, it's a World War II story and mm-hmm. set in Malta and sisters and it was it was just wonderful. Yes. It was oh really my gosh. Good... What I know, I missed everything. We, I am a happy you did to a be post. alive. Yes. Yeah, I know it. You sounded like a man I... when I talked to you. <laughs> I didn't even I'm like, this is Julie's number, but I don't know who this person is. <laughs> is no, it Jeff? I, I couldn't even yeah. well it just I'm on, I'm on steroids. I just get the minute I it get a little more than sick. It goes right to my lungs, and I can't stop coughing. Mm. And I cough till everything comes out at both ends. Mm-hmm. And thank you for sharing. No, I was, <laughs> I was, I was absolutely. Jeff was so scared. It's the first round that he's seen me. Yeah. He's seen me with everything. I might admit. Yeah. Um, but the first round of me being, I mean, you know, yeah. But it's bad. But it's, I have an inhaler. I got on steroids. Oh, oh I got everything gosh. yesterday. So well, we, you know, <clears throat> hope that uh, I'm better. I mean, I feel three thousand times better. But this is the job. Yeah, it's not easy to be sick at. True. 
It's not an easy no. job to be sick. No. True, Julia, we've been giving away pink tickets. I am so dying. the tickets aren't even on sale until next Monday, the twenty first. So this is gonna be so fun. It's next, at Target Field. It's right? at Target Field. Pink is the first woman to headline Target Field. It's August tenth. It's a Thursday night. Pat Benatar is opening. Wonderful. Tickets go on sale next week. We're just doing seventh caller, and it's when you hear the pink song of the day, which today is Blow Me, One Last Kiss, a great pink song that came out like 10 years ago. We played it here on our station, regular routine bumper music, but without the S word. Right. In it. And so when you hear that, you're going to call 651-641-1071 and you'll be the seventh caller. But this is what this, what this is hear. what the song sounds like. When oh. you hear that, don't call now. So we'll be playing then, that at some point, and you'll have tickets before they even go on sale. This is amazing because I know, you know, Taylor Swift's um, cousin, sister, wannabe, Brittany, yeah. was, you know, <laughs> on the pre-sale list. Oh, and, like a, a gazillion other right. people in panic. How did and she do? She Her friend was on hold from 10 o'clock in the morning till 5 on Ticketmaster. Yeah, nope. you're in the queue. <laughs> you know. 10 o'clock to 5 in the afternoon mm-hmm. and finally got him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, redick. Like what you went through the Rolling Stones. I but mean, the Rolling Stones, that was like only 20 minutes. Yeah, that was nothing. No. That was but nothing. Was, but we went through the pain. Seven was, hours on the phone holding? No. Yeah. There's nobody something, you could get me to do that for. There's something nobody. that has to be done with Ticketmaster owning the world. Well, Bream says they need to be investigated by the FTC. They have a monopoly. Yes. You get charge fees that don't make sense, and then their system doesn't work. It's so aggravating. Does It, it and, makes no sense. And you could be sitting next to someone that spent $1,700 on their tickets and you might have spent three. Well, I guess Taylor had good pricing the way it was all, the way it was done. The, the resale, okay. yeah, how it was done. She had some kind of control. But the Ticketmaster fees, I mean, you know. They're ridiculous. They're ridiculous, yeah. especially for a website that isn't very well organized. That for, doesn't even give you a printout. Yes, exactly. So They don't have to pay for a stamp. Right, I know <laughs> it. So, yeah, people were really, uh, uh, you know, it was a very anxious day yesterday for people who really want to go. But there's a, Ticketmaster has a monopoly. Yeah, they do. And they don't have any competition, and they it doesn't make sense. The fees, they, the fees change for the ticket price that you pay it should just be a flat fee i know it's ridiculous you know but it's and just it's basically a high internet robbery what we, we used go. to call highway robbery yep. it's internet robbery yeah. so, i tend i tend to go to second market just so i don't have to deal with it even though i know i'm going to end up spending more money right i know that that's the cost because that's what it says the cost will be and i know what i'm getting you know, i just i don't like dealing with Ticketmaster. yeah i end well, up paying more but i just can't handle them there's always the good old, if you can handle day it, of. day of yeah. when the box office opens, going in person and buying your tickets. But yeah, I want to get tickets for this pink oh my uh, concert. Gosh, yes. And I'm sure, I think we will have a connection to be able to buy our tickets, you know, since we have a little promotion going on. I'm hoping I'm I can hoping. give somebody my credit card and mm-hmm. I can get tickets. Casey doesn't want to go. I'm like, why? He goes, I've seen Pink twice with you. That's plenty. And I'm like, what? We have seen her quite a bit. I know, but, but she's so... But then we so... even saw her twice in New... in Vegas, too, didn't we? Yes. We've seen her like four times. She's yeah. so She's good. amazing. It's a, she's... it's a great concert. And, and I love an outdoor... Uh, I've never been to one I at went Target to... Field. You went to the Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. And I was there, too. Yeah. That was, that was incredible. Yeah. yeah.
That one is one. I, he's on my list. I yeah. Still... And and I think that that is just such a beautiful place. And, you know, it's August. So we reminded them not to schedule the cat video festival. That's for right. And... Oh, I hope so. Okay. Okay. We've already taken care of that. I already know that. it's regionals for tennis. I already know that week. I already know I have a golf tournament. It's regionals for tennis. I already have that. Blues Fest weekend. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. I get that Friday off first, not yeah. you. <laughs> right. So I took it off the last two years. I'm already dibs in it. Yeah. I got it. It's we'll mine. both take it off. All right, fine. We'll, <laughs> yeah. Someone else fine. just have to take we care of it. We'll all three go. There, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Oh, my god. Anyway, all right. Well, listen. Well, that is so exciting. Was the winner yesterday just dying? They, both days, days. They've been just I mean, giddy. this is... Yeah, the winner yesterday, especially, she was telling me a story that the first concert she ever took her granddaughter to was Pink. Wow. And then the winner, it, uh, and then her daughter's birthday is either the day before or the day after, and she's going to take her daughter for a birthday present. Yeah. Wow. She was very excited. Yeah, That's excited. so exciting. All right. So be listening for the uh, Pink song, Blow Me One Last Kiss, and you'll be calling us. And when we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. Thanks for hanging out with us on this uh, freezing cold happy hemp day. Um, you know, it's hard to imagine now, but when a Christmas story uh, came out in 1983 in movie theaters, it was not a hit. No. Not it, at all. No. It, it is mainly uh, the constant rotation on TNT, TBS, and maybe some other cable stations during the holiday seasons holiday season that it achieved its current status. Although I do remember my mom buying the DVD um, or the VHS, it must have been, sure. for her grand, for the kids when they would come over and have Christmas sleepovers right. and they would watch a Christmas story. I mean, I, I, I love this movie. I think I can quote this movie. Oh. My grandparents had an old-fashioned bar in their basement with a leg lamp when I was in third grade. I was, like, obsessed with it. I thought it was so sexy. And oh, there's a, I didn't know what sexy was. Right, there's a statue of the leg lamp in a city in Oklahoma we talked about last weekend. I mean... Or last weekend, randoms. I mean, the leg lamp is everything. It's just, uh, you know, the dad... The uh, tongue on the... Um, the pole, telephone pole. Everything. Triple dog dare, yeah. Yes, yeah, the triple dog dare, and... Um, so anyway, in uh, right now we have a movie that is going to be streaming on HBO Max, and it's called A Christmas Story Christmas, and it is an awkward title, but uh, um, it, it is called A Christmas Story Christmas, and Peter Billingsley, who plays uh, Ralphie, who really the image of him with his goggle-eyed glasses. Beautiful and blue eyes. His big beaming gopher grin to me is as iconic of a Christmas thing as the Home Alone. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. his Macaulay face. Clarkson. So mm-hmm. he's in this, and he's playing basically the grown-up version. He is Ralphie Parker, but yep. all grown up with kids of his own. So mm-hmm. he was on with uh, CBS Morning News, and I think this starts streaming tomorrow. Yes. On HBO Max. Yep. So. so this one, he just talks a little bit in a journal stylistic form about his time working on that movie. Okay. Dear Peter, you've just turned 12 years old and wrapped the filming of a new movie called A Christmas Story. Ralphie, what would you like for Christmas? You played Ralphie Parker, a relentless dreamer. I want an official red under carbon action to and Joe Ball Arrow. It was a lot of work. <laughs> Nearly three long, cold months of shooting. You heard the filmmakers had struggled for 12 years to get the movie made. During filming, the director read all of this voiceover on set, which you had to react to. I was surrounded by happier kids who were all going to get what they wanted for Christmas. It was all such a new experience. I know it's hard to contain your excitement for the movie to come out, and you hope it'll be a big success. 
<laughs> he looks like a deranged Easter Bunny. But as you will soon learn, the things you care deeply about will most often not land where you think they will. In Bob Clark, the director, you found someone willing to teach you about cameras, lenses, lights, and go deeper into the entire filmmaking process. All those days spent on sets watching and asking questions are laying a foundation for your future. Don't ever lose your curiosity. It will serve you well. Sorry to say, but a Christmas story will come and go somewhat unceremoniously in movie theaters. And that will be disappointing. Oh. <laughs> but with the invention of home video and cable, it will find an audience years later and continue to grow. Even playing 24 straight hours on TV every Christmas. Many will call it a classic, and you'll be quoted memorable lines from the movie throughout your life. I triple dog dare you! Fragile! You must be Italian! You'll shoot your eye out, kid! It's yet another reminder that things take on a life of their own, happy endings can exist in ways least expected. That's the beginning of it. Yeah, that's the beginning. Yes. And so he plays, you know, Ralphie Parker, all grown up, and it's set in 1973, which is 33 years after the first movie. Because mm -hmm. that's... Uh, and it's about how Ralph tries to give his family, his wife and his two kids, the kind of old-fashioned Christmas that his dad yeah. gave him. And, of course, Darren McGavin, the old man... Died in 2006, but the, according to The Hollywood Reporter, his spirit hovers throughout this sure. movie like uh, Chadwick Boseman in yes. Wakanda Forever. The turkey, his obsession Everything. with the turkey oh, and those yeah. dogs. Dogs, and, um, and, he, and Ralphie is an aspiring novelist, and he's taken a year off from the rat race to try and make it as a published author. Okay. So that's sort of the okay. setup. Yeah. So this next one is just a small clip about how he ended up meeting people in Hollywood, and then the next clip is about how he turned his career around in Hollywood. So this is just a close friend. Okay. Along the way, you will make enduring friendships. You use the steroids, aren't you? I don't know what you're talking about. When you're 18, you will meet a funny young man named Vince. Vince Vaughn. just moved from Chicago to pursue his own goals of acting. Athlete. Greek god, and now doctor? Together you will build a lasting friendship. Hey, how about best friend? And find in him a collaborator that will challenge and elevate you. He meets you John Favreau. Band of brothers. You should run it sometime. Having a trusted friend to move through the challenges of life and Hollywood will be invaluable. Choose your friends wisely. And that's... Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Where he kind of now gets introduced and to... This is how yes. he gets into directing, Acting. producing. I had no idea like he had I, such a rich... Me too. Behind I mean, the scenes the, camera. Unbelievable. Yeah. Iron Man. I mean... Iron Man. Yeah. Executive yeah. producer. And yeah. that's where, because like, if you think about it, Vince Vaughn and um, uh, what was that? Swingers back in the yes. day with John Favreau. Right. They, they became buddies. And John has now taken over the MCU world. The first Iron Man was John's right. project. And, right. and so John took him, Peter Billingsley, under his arm through his connection to Vince Vaughn. Right. right. But they're all like the same age. Yes. So they're yeah. all yes. good buddies. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So here we go. A little bit about his career after this. Before you know it, you will make a big change stepping from in front of the camera and the spotlight to behind it in a less public life. Many will say it's not possible, that you're done, that you've already peaked in this business and child actors don't make it. Don't listen to them. The transition will be scary and you will find yourself sleeping on edit room floors as you truly dedicate yourself to learning the craft. Work hard, don't quit, and you will make the jump from actor to producer. Four Christmases, couples retreat. To be a part of the filmmaking teams of some big movies, many comedies, and yes, a few more Christmas movies. Now they're showing Even pictures of Iron Man. Of the Great Hall of Arms and Armor with a unique metal suit made of red and yellow. I, I, that will be a me massive, independently mm-hmm. financed film with the hopes of launching an entire universe of more heroes. Many will doubt its ability to succeed. Take note of those around you and their commitment and faith to make it work, despite the odds. Make the effort, and once again, its outcome will far exceed what many imagined. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, that, that started the MCU. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I just watched that this weekend, mm-hmm. but the Cabin Iron Man, the first one, gosh, that's good. It oh. is good. That is really good. He really, he, here's the deal. This is kind of cute, so... Barbara Billingsley, whose name might be familiar, she's June Cleaver on Leave It to yes. Beaver. Is that, that his mom? It was his aunt. Oh, his aunt. Yes. Cool. Cool. Because yeah, so I thought that was, that might have got him his in because he was such a beautiful child with those blonde hair oh, and blue eyes. Yeah. So by age eleven, he'd acted in 120 TV commercials, two feature films, two made-for-TV movies, and three wow. TV shows. Wow. Yeah, I love it that you know he's made. You know. I like because well, I kind of forgot. You, I just we know don't him as Ralphie. Him. I yeah. just know I just him as Ralphie. Ralphie. And, right. and He'll now, ever, forever be Ralphie. It's like Bill Nye, um, the science guy. Yeah, no, Bill oh. Nye from um, Love Actually. Yes. Oh yes, kids. People still come up to him and say, "Don't do drugs, kids. Yes. Become a rock and roll star, and yeah. you get him for free." He said, you know, "That was I'm, a <laughs> hysterical interview." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there these are these iconic holiday characters. movies. Holiday movies, and yes. people watch them over and over, and we yes. can recite all the words. And I guess uh, a Christmas story, Christmas, which is just such an awkward title, they do ignore the fact that there was a movie called My Summer Story and a Christmas Story too. They just yeah, ignore nope. both of they them. Need okay, to do that, yeah. yeah, yes. So, but this is getting, you know, people are like, this is, this is getting a lot of pub. Sweet. Yes. It's kind of sweet, you know, that I'm excited for this. I know. Especially because, like, the Christmas story, the first one, I only watched that one on Christmas. Christmas Day. Christmas Day, yeah, yeah, on Christmas Day. But this one, this comes out, like you said, tomorrow. Yeah. 
And I, I, I kind of get like a free sample of it before we get to Christmas. And everyone that's in um, Christmas Story Christmas, there are several run-ins yes. with key characters that are played by the actual actors. The kids, from that one. The yeah, kids. a lot of the bully. There's yeah. some, yeah. You'll, we get a lot of cameos yes. of the original cast. And for I sure. like that. I like yeah. that. So it's a mild and toasty sequel. Yes, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow we're going to be interviewing someone tied to that movie. Oh, too. Yes, we that's are. exciting. Fun. Yeah. So All right, we got fun. a Low J book club coming up next, but we're going to uh, check in on the roads, see what's happening. Welcome to the Lori and Julia book club. We've got a. We're really excited about our author today, and as always. Um, the book club uh, by the Lori and Julia book club is brought to us by the book club restaurant. And if you go in, mention our show, our book club, and you'll get a free appetizer and or, or f- dessert with your meal. That's right. And we are really excited. We have an international best-selling author uh, joining us. Uh, Dinah Jeffries is with us. Uh, we have just finished reading and absolutely loved The Hidden Palace. So, Dinah, thank you for thank you. joining us from England. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, oh listen to your lovely accent. I know it. Okay. Um, so, Dinah, we now we've printed every book. We now know all. We've got a long list of your books to read because the tea planter's wife, daughters. I mean, you have a lot of books. And based on, you know, reading The Hidden Palace, you're exactly the kind of author that we'd like to snuggle up with. Oh, that's nice to know. Yes. Yeah. So, and yeah, give yes. us the setup of the Hidden Palace. palace. Okay. So, um, the Hidden Palace, as you probably know, is actually the second in the Daughters of War trilogy. Although, as you know, it stands alone it as does. well. Mm-hmm. Um, the first tells the story of three sisters living in France during the German occupation. And for her own safety, one of them, Florence, has to make a really dangerous escape from France with the help of the highly charismatic but guarded Jack. And she is a sister running from the secret that emerged in book one. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't love a secret? That's I true. do. I know. I know. <laughs> and she has to make a new life. Um, and unexpectedly, her mother makes a desperate request for her to find the truth about her mother's lost sister, Rosalie. So Florence, who starts off searching for belonging and identity, ends up in a very different kind of search altogether. And, and the, just to say that the book is mainly set in the very tiny island of Malta, mm-hmm. which is south of Sicily in Italy. And and I have to say, Diana, so I, I was lucky enough to be able to read this on a beach vacation. So I just oh. had, you know, uninterrupted time. But I have been to Malta. And oh, wow. it is it is. I did not know, because I know with your, you have this, I mean, it is a sweeping epic story, and you're a wonderful storyteller, and I fell in love with the characters, and I could picture them in my mind, but also I have to compliment you, because we find out at the end of the book that you've never been to Malta, but the research that you did, and it's such a fascinating place in world history, and people don't realize we kind of know the Knights of Malta. You think you know it, but if, when you go there, it's just sure. breathtaking. 
No, I didn't go because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So right. I usually go to all the places where I set my books and I've set them all over the world. But as you say, Malta has the most amazing history and particularly during the Second World War. I mean, the book isn't about the Second World War, but right. part of it takes place then. And the islanders and the military on Malta suffered 3,000 air raids from the Nazis um, in just over two years. And the people were literally starving. They wanted to starve or bomb the people out of Malta so that they could take it over. And people had to hide in caves and cellars and the tunnels that were built or tunneled, excavated um, hundreds of years before. Um, And that was their life for all that time. And part of my story takes place during that time period. And and it is, you know, like a, a lot of cruise, Mediterranean cruises will have a one-day stop in Malta. Yes. And when you sail into Malta, you feel like you are entering a medieval time because of the turrets and battlements and how everything is made. It is like stepping back in time when you go there. Well, that's what I tried to create. Um, I always have to try to create the past because all my books are set at different times during the 20th century. And a lot of the places I go to to set my books, they're modern now. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so I always have to kind of imagine what a place must have been like in the 20s or the 30s or whenever. Um, And certainly Valletta, which, as you know, is a beautiful city of buttery gold stone buildings. Um, It it is so atmospheric. And so is Emdina, the city they call the silent city in the middle of the island where the hidden palace is to be found. That's right. Where do you, Dinah, where does your inspiration come up for a story like this? Like, how did you decide, you know, I'm going to write about the secrets and the the lies and betrayal between sisters? How does this, how do you come up with this? Um, Do you have sisters? (laughs) um, I have one sister, yeah. Um, But we don't live near each other, so we don't see each other very often. I think the thing was that I had this idea for these sisters in France and it was going to be the third in the series but when I put it to my agent she said no no this is the story that you have to tell the story of the resistance in Mm -hmm. the Dordogne which is a beautiful part of France Mm -hmm. Um, and so I said oh okay I'll write that one first but of course I signed a contract for three and I had no idea what was going to come next and to some extent I always find that the stories and the ideas and the characters come out of the reading. So if Mm -hmm. I decide on a location, I just start reading about different time periods, about the place, about the history. And usually something pops up and makes me think, aha, I can use that in a story. And then one thing leads to another and it's kind of like a, a gradual patchwork of, uh, you know, odd threads which might not join up eventually do. Yeah. Um, and so and it's in, it, did you but, find in your story and your research, is that how you found out about these cabarets? Because remember, Malta is an island and yeah. it's 100 miles like from Africa and Italy. And I mean, for 
hundreds of years, it has been a port, a place for people to go. So the whole Bohemian Club with the dancers, is that historically, did you stumble on that? Yeah, that's all totally accurate. I didn't know about that. Um, And so it's called Straight Street, and it was where all the naval, because it was a... Um, you know, all the, the the British and American and other allied ships were there. Right. And even before the war and after the war, to some extent, mm-hmm. they were there. So all the naval personnel and military personnel, you know, on their time off, they'd come into town and want to drink and want to dance and want a girl and whatever else. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, so yeah, no, I found out about that and I thought, right, I've got to use that. And then that gave me an idea for the character who is a dancer, Rosalie. Rosalie. I love Rosalie. Yeah. What what fun. Do you, you, Dinah, do you like, so you had a three book deal, you know, is it pressure? I mean, like, have you found the destination of the third book in the... Series. The, third book, the third book's finished. It's set in Morocco. Okay. It's called, it's called Night Train to Marrakesh. <laughs> what a great name. It, it, yeah, I love it. And it's set in the 1960s. Oh. So, ah, so it moves because, like, with The Daughters of War, it was 1943. And then with this book, it's kind of moved backwards and forwards. Right. And ends, ends in 1947 after the war. And the um, the night train to Marrakesh is mainly about one of the daughters of the daughters ah. and her grandmother, mm-hmm. her grandmother who she never knew. So it's about a family that's been very divided over time, and there are rifts, and there is, you know, secrets and lack of trust between mothers and daughters, between sister and sister, and the rifts develop in families and then as the third book develops um well i don't want to give too much away no don't yeah but still it sounds yummy we are so delighted to finally meet you on your 13th novel (laughs) oh i'm so glad you've read the hidden palace and that you liked it Oh, oh i liked it so much and you know I guess I was like even thinking, oh, this would be like such an epic, like 10 part series on, you know, I wonder Stars. if, if uh, you, yeah, something like yeah. that, because to film and to film in Malta and then England and then France, I mean, it's extraordinary, but you've got heavy, you've got all these women. And so I'm just like, oh, I hope, I hope Dina's people are getting her books into the right producing hands. Yeah, well, that- hasn't happened yet but i do love writing about strong women you know yes. women who sort of women who face difficulties and challenges mm-hmm. and but you know who survive who, who yeah get strong and survive and 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 are resilient that's what i like oh if you're just joining us the hidden palace is the book dinah jeffries is the author that's amazing dinah before we let you go can we ask you the last great book that you read yeah, you can. I loved Colleen Hoover's Verity. I was oh. a bit late to the party with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved also quite recently um, a book called Malibu Rising. Oh, yes. yes. And, oh, God, Jane Harper's latest book. Oh, we Jane like Harper, her. You know, yeah, Which she wrote Dry. Yes. She's the Australian yes. author. 
she wrote The Drive, mm -hmm. but I've read all of hers, and I loved the last one, and at the moment the title escapes me. Yeah, that's okay. But I also read a British novel called, oh, God, A Lady's Guide to... Oh, God, I can't remember what it's called. You'll have to forgive me. That's okay. You know what? You gave us a lot. Um, Dinah, just tweet us. Okay. Just tweet us the last great books that you wrote, you know, to Lori and Julia, and then all of our, you know, people can also, then they have it, because people are driving in its slippery weather over here. Sure. Okay, <laughs> and, I'll, do, I'll do that. And, you know, Lori and I are sister-in-laws. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. You're talking about sisters, and you don't get to see yours a lot. We work together every day for 20 years. Oh, my, that's wonderful. <laughs> I know. Well done. That's what we think. That That's is such think. a wonderful British phrase. Well, well done. done. I, I love it. Just finished watching The Crown, and I just love all the ways, all the lovely language things that you guys have in your twists and turns of how you speak. It's just delightful. <laughs> <laughs> we What fun meeting you. Thank you so much. And everybody should go and pick up the book, The Hidden Palace. It's delightful. Yes, it's just what a um, wonderful, what a wonderful novel. We're so glad to have discovered you. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you. Well, thank you for your time and happy holidays. Yeah, and you. Thank you so much. All right, Grant, we've got a couple books to give away. Give us a buzz at 651-641-1071. And when we, we come back, all it says is Bruce. Bruce. We'll be back. Thank you, Bruce Springsteen, for making such a good Getting It On album. Every <laughs> single You love every single on. one. Oh. Only the strong survive. So Bruce, night two, and his uh, Jimmy Fallon little mini residency. Uh, um, John Bream said that he probably taped all three of those performances. In one night, but oh, I don't think he did because Fallon came down. He didn't change his suit, and Bruce had changed into an all-leather outfit. So I think Bruce is showing up every night uh, with his backup. I mean, it's he had, like, full... Anyway, Turn Back the Hands of Time is the name of that, and it's posted on our show page. But he's in a leather blazer, a black T-shirt. Now, we never see Bruce. No. The night before, he was dressed like... You know, so you don't he think was, he brought outfit changes like we do? No, I don't. I think, I don't know. I mean, because Jimmy Fallon wasn't wearing the same suit as the night before. I, whatever. I shouldn't let John get me all distracted with behind the scenes <laughs> thing. Let me just live in the moment that it's all happening. But the night before, he had like on a classic suit that you would have seen the Temptations or the Four Tops. Sure. You know, kind of that shiny Sort yep. of shark skin material, yep. they call it. Slim pants. Uh, slim pants. I, I mean... He looks good. He looks really good. And so he's back tonight to perform one more song. The night before he performed um, I Love You, Indeed I Do. And damn it if my friend Jeanette didn't... She goes, Lori, we saw Frankie Wilson play that at the Bayfront Blues Fest. Oh, Don't you remember I taught you how to do... This there's this, this one, one dance because yes. my friend Jeanette knows all She's the things and seventies. Yes. And I mean, Grant and I yesterday we played Indeed I Do like oh, twice yesterday. Great song. Do you know that you one? Love it. I've heard it. I've heard this I'll album. Get it. I'll okay, get it. well But yeah. Anyway, that's a good song to dance and you know, make get frisky. 
Uh, the whole album is. Yeah, it makes the whole... me want to buy a record, you know, player just to buy this album. And like John said yesterday, you know, we know him as a great guitarist and as a as a great performer, but he's got this soul in his voice he's throughout. He's so does. much fun singing. Yeah, the, right. throughout this whole album, that's just. No, he's got eight backup singers. You know, he had these hot fiddle players. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how fun for him. Yeah, he really yeah. seems to be happy. happy. Fun, and then I have something in common with Patty Scialfa. Something this more is, than that, you like Bruce Springsteen? Yeah, besides this that. Is, uh, here's, d- here's our other song that we want to make out and dance to and do everything else to. You can just move, your your body just moves to the whole album. It's, I know. It's he fantastic. He's just like, uh, anyway, really, really Love liking it. that. But he told the story on Monday night, and I know you didn't watch it because you were like practically on your deathbed. No, I only watched one show for three days, and I'll tell you okay, about it later. Okay, okay. So, nice. but like, you know, why would you watch late I had night no show? Desire. You have no, None. that's the, you nope. can't. Because we're watching it too for the show, but also um, it requires paying some attention. So he sits down just one night with Jimmy Fallon Monday. He's just performing tonight. He Jimmy's having guests. Right. Yes. But on Monday night, Bruce said, you know, Fallon said, oh, you know, how's the new grand." You've got a, your first grandchild. Right. And he says, well, you know, it's just like a, you know, loaf of bread. It's just a blob. You right, know? right. And, um, but As now. The babies are when they start. Yeah, cute. But now, like he said, the kid is like, you know, maybe six months or something. Oh, Didn't so exactly cute. say. But he said, but I do know one thing. Patty is not going to be called grandma. Oh. I don't know what they're going to call, call her. And I had. Earlier, you were that day. Yeah, yeah. Had confessed that I didn't. You know, we I, already know you didn't want to be remember called last grandma. Year, I, even before it even happened. Yeah, but yes. remember last year, kids call me by my name. Yeah. they said no, we can't do that. I tried to make glamour work. Right, and then you know, little Bruce on vacation, he starts calling me Go Go. Mm-hmm. The best can't name. say grandma, so it's an organic name that I've That's been perfect. given, and um, and you know, uh. But Bruce was like, I don't know, whatever the kid, when he does start talking, whatever they call you, they call you. Yeah. Because that's how a lot of quote unquote grandma names, right. if you're not like, called Gam, grandma, or, yeah. you're, it's a, it's a yes, first it kid that yeah. gives you that nickname. Yeah. That's cool. So I'm like, well, Patty's going to have to wait till that kid talks because it there is true. Go. Like Casey is called Bapa. Right. By, uh-huh. That's the name yeah. that. And so we're mm-hmm. just like, okay, good. I we like those names. I think it's funny because my mom specifically, like you, she wanted to be called Grammy. She wanted that. She name. wanted that, that name. name. Okay. She wanted that name, and then my nieces and nephews, and they most of them still call me that, but more the out of town juicy. Yeah. You know, I'm Aunt Juicy. Right. But um. And yeah, that, it's kind of like out of your control. Yeah, you might not like it, but they couldn't say Julia or yeah. Julie. They just and then I felt terrible shame for even talking about it because you know I love my grandmas and I love being right. you know a quote unquote grandma. But it's just you my know, grandma had a nickname, Grandma Lulu. My mom's mom was Grandma Lulu. Yeah, mine was Lib, and her we name was her Lib. And know, my uh-huh. mom is called Mutti. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. So, I mean, yeah. They're and the mom, zipper, you know. Yeah. And the zipper, yeah. But none of the grandkids, they call him Grandpa. Oh, okay. They call yeah. him, I think my dad insisted on it. And Bruce said he didn't care what they called him as long as they didn't call him the boss, the grandkids. There you, that's He's, hysterical. Yeah, that that's funny. funny. Okay, so Grant, who were our book winners? Well, we had uh, Stacy, and then the other one, I just wrote it down, and I can't remember the name. Right, okay. I, um, Stacey. Yeah, Stacy was the one of them, and the other one right, I can't good. remember. Okay, but, so yeah. when we're talking to Dinah, mm-hmm. um, 
our book author, and she said Jane Harper's last book, and yeah. you said, "Oh, the dry." Well, Lori, we just had her Betsy. on. Sorry. We just had her on. La- okay, we had her on last year for Exiles, that great book about oh, Australia. Yes, yes, which is a great book if people want a great book to mm-hmm. read. So no, I was just, I, that was exciting to meet uh, Diana. I, I think so too. She and that's like the guy last week that we met that had written twenty one novels. Oh, um, who writes about Elvis Cole? Elvis is Cole, his, his, yes, his detective. And we never saw that book, and he goes. How are you getting that book? I okay. go, Julia is interviewing the author when I'm gone. He goes, he's like, that's like getting Michael Conley. It's so good. Lori, I'm telling you, because <laughs> what's funny about that is mom, I was telling Grant, and mm. the guy's name, his last name was not, um, it rhymed with Mace. It was Chase, and his first mm-hmm. name might be Michael. Yeah. But he. But his character is, 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 a, is the real Axel. The, uh, no, Alex. Elvis. Elvis, Elvis right, Cole. Elvis. And Cole. it's a great book. And I, um, it's like a Bosch series. It is. And so mom sees it when she's FaceTiming me and she's like, oh my gosh, you're reading a book that I might like, you know, I'm like, oh, we've made it mom. So you're saying that Casey would have read it, you know, it's a Jack Reacher type of character. And he doesn't want, he never wanted, he's an interesting guy because he started out writing screenplays for Cagney and Lacey. And Hill Street Blues, he was a writer. Wow. And then he wanted to write. He's and, like our other guy who wrote Aurora. Yes. He was a screenplay. Yes. You know, did, uh, all the it movies. was just fascinating, but he never wanted to say who the character is because he always wants it to be part of the person's imagination, the third person in yeah. reading. Oh. He was interesting, Lauren. Yeah. You're going to love that book. Yeah. Anyway, The Hidden Palace, today's book. All right, we'll be back. Okay. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. 